You're listening to the Grown Girl Divorce Podcast, conversations between girlfriends who have the knowledge and information to educate and empower you before, during, and after a divorce. We are here to remind you that you're grown and you got this. Thank you for listening to the Grown Girl Divorce Podcast. I'm your host, Kimberly Cook. Today, I want to share with you the best ways to negotiate parenting matters. You know, whether you are preparing for mediation or getting ready for trial, there are some things that you can do to really help set yourself up for negotiating um, parenting matters. And I think it's really important that you understand the various areas of negotiation in thinking about the parenting aspects of your case, because they can certainly make all the difference. Starting out, it's really important to identify your concerns. List out those things that are really concerning to you. From there, identify why are they a concern? Why am I worried about the children staying overnight at the other parent's house? Why am I concerned about transitions during the week? Why does it bother me that they have McDonald's three times a week? Whatever is concerning you, I want you to write it down and then ask yourself, why is this a concern? Once you've identified what the concern is, you can then list the what are steps that can alleviate the concerns. So it's important to understand that it's got to be more than just I'm worried about something, but there actually has to be an action step to mitigate that concern. I find it really helpful when clients are ready for mediation and they come to me and say, you know, I'm really struggling to brainstorm a parenting schedule based on the following concerns. My concerns about transitions, my concerns about third parties spending the night, my concern about being away from the children more than three nights in a row. And then I respond to them with, okay, what are things that would help alleviate those concerns for you? Maybe it's, can we set up FaceTime daily? Are there ways to put in midday transition points if it's a weekend or touch points throughout the week? What are those things that we can do, the actual steps that we can do to help mitigate or alleviate some of those concerns? And from there, you then populate or come up with, here are my options for consideration. Here are proposals based on those things that I have now kind of brainstormed but you back into it by first identifying, this is what is bothering me. This is what's keeping me up at night. This is why I'm worried. If it's really centered on, I don't wanna be away from my children, realistically, you have to tell yourself, I'm going through a divorce, there will be time when I'm away from the children. 
you also have to remind yourself, especially if you have children who are in school during the day, that you are away from the children for anywhere from six to eight hours, assuming they go to school full time. So be mindful when you think about the idea of, I'm really concerned about being away from them. What's really driving that concern? It's not necessarily the being away, there's something else. So dig a little bit deeper, identify the concern, and then write down what are steps that will help alleviate or mitigate those concerns so that those things can then help you populate options for consideration or proposals as a part of the negotiation. That's really the best way to start. It's great to start out with our list of these are the things that are concerning me. As we've identified our list of concerns, I referenced having options for consideration after you've worked through those things um, that are action steps. But let's think about having options for consideration. And I like that phrase more than just kind of saying a proposal because an option for consideration really frames it in a neutral space. These are just options. I'm not yet ready to propose, but let's talk about a variety of options. And so when we think about options for consideration, when we're talking about parenting matters, I want you to consider what's workable and what's not workable. So if you've listened to any of the episodes of Grown Girl Divorce podcast, you know that I love a good list and I like taking pen to paper. And so here's one of those areas where I think it will be really helpful for you to get out a pad of paper, get your pen, and draw a line down the middle. And on the one side, you're gonna write workable. On the other column, on the other side, what's not workable. It's important to think about options for consideration in terms of workable versus not workable because we tend to jump right to the negative. This is going to force us to identify what components of these options could work, right? What's workable about this? And then what's not workable? So I'll give you an example. If you're thinking about a parenting schedule that is what we call a 225, meaning I have the children Monday, Tuesday, you have the children Wednesday, Thursday, and then we alternate the weekends, the week of my weekend, it will end up being five days because it will be Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, now my Monday night and Tuesday night before the exchange of the Wednesday and Thursday. The following week is the same. I then have Monday, Tuesday, you have Wednesday, Thursday, but because it's your weekend, now you have five days. Okay. If that is an option for consideration for a schedule for your family, but you don't like it, write down, okay, what's workable? Maybe what's workable for you are the consistent days during the week. I like the consistency. I like knowing set days. What, hmm, what's not workable? The five day stretches. That's a really long time. 
in consideration of our children's age or their medical needs or the logistics, okay? What's workable? Maybe it's workable for each of us to have weekend parenting time. I like the idea of having a full weekend. We're both working parents or it allows us to go out of town with the children during the weekend. So you wanna go back and forth with each proposal, with each option for consideration, and you break it down into the components. What's workable about this? What's not workable about this? And what you'll start to see are patterns or things that are really important to you and things that are of concern. So that when you're negotiating, you're able to give voice to I really would like to see if we can find a schedule that has consistency, that has each of us having weekend parenting time, but that limits the transitions. Let's see what that could look like. You back into proposals by identifying what's workable and not workable from each of the options. Now, for something to truly work, you do have to ask yourself, would I accept this option for consideration? Would I accept this proposal if I were on the receiving end of this? I find that's where many people lose sight of compromise. We often write down schedules, we often write down decision-making requests based on what works for us, and us projecting what would then work for the children. But the reality of it is, it may not in fact work for the other parent. So be mindful, if I were being offered the very thing that I'm offering to someone else, would I accept it? And if the answer is an honest no, then what is it? Is it the lack of time? Is the number of transitions? Is it the overall schedule? Be honest with yourself. Now, this isn't new to me to have someone say to themselves, well, if I were them, I would accept it because this is the most time that they should have, or I would accept it because of X, Y, and Z. Okay, be honest with yourself, not Should they accept it? Would you accept it if the shoe were on the other foot? That's how you're going to actually resolve issues. So as you're working through your what's workable, what's not workable, I want you to challenge yourself and think about, hmm, this may not be workable for the other parent because Logistically, it's impossible for them to get to pick up the children every day at 3 p.m. Or this won't work because of the amount of time that the children are actually in the car between our homes. So maybe we should look at something else. But as you think about workable and non-workable, think about it from not just your perspective, but that of the other parent. So again, having several options for consideration, those things that we have now brainstormed from our list of concerns, we now move into understanding what's workable about each of these and what's not workable. Again, 
Putting pen to paper can be very helpful in organizing your thoughts, but also preparing you when you're meeting with either your lawyer or in mediation, because now you can actually give voice to here are my concerns, here are options for consideration, and here's what I contend is workable and not workable about each of these. The other thing to think about when you are in mediation or when you are negotiating through your lawyer, one of the things to do in looking at the proposal is the same kind of workable, not workable chart. So chart it out, break apart the pieces of the proposal and say to yourself, here's what's workable about this. This could work. Here's what doesn't work as well. There may be times where the entire thing just doesn't work. That's okay, but really challenge yourself to try to see if there's any component, even if it's as simple as saying, well, it's a schedule, and right now we don't even have a schedule, or, well, what's workable is that it's a plan. This is an outline of a structured plan, and right now we don't have a plan. The components of the plan are not workable, but I like the fact that we have a plan. So really think about it in terms of what's workable and what's not workable. That's really gonna help you move forward in the negotiation. What's really important, and I do think that people lose sight of this, but they shouldn't, is being prepared to actually negotiate. Being prepared is more than just kind of showing up and saying, I'm here. Being prepared means I need to do homework before I go to mediation, before I have my lawyer respond to a settlement letter, before I engage in settlement discussions. What does that homework look like? Well, it looks like pulling together everything that you need to be educated and informed about the subject matter. If we are talking about the children, then pull the current school calendar, pull the summer camp registration dates and information, pull the information regarding their doctors, their dentists, the medications that they're on. And here's the thing, I don't want you to simply rely on the fact that, well, I've always done it and I know these things. Because let me tell you what happens. You get in mediation or you start negotiating and everything is a fog. And now you're scrambling to try to pull information and find it. Take the time before you attend mediation, before you start negotiating, before you respond, to have everything pulled together in an organized fashion. That's all the way down to birth dates, allergies, anything relating to the children. I want you to have it written down in an organized manner so that when you are in the process, you have a reference document right there ready for you to look at. You then have the school calendars, you have the doctor information, you have everything that you need at the ready. That's truly being prepared. Second, knowing logistics. So 
you know that the children go to dance on Tuesday and soccer on Thursday and maybe have um, some sort of enrichment program on Saturday morning. Great. Write those things down, but be clear. Okay. The dance studio is in this town or at this location. It takes us approximately 15 or 20 minutes if we're coming from the house without traffic. The school is located here on Wednesdays. Somebody has to go from home to school, back home, then over to the park district to drop off. Write down those logistics. Those things are really important, especially when you start talking about parenting schedules and figuring out what's workable and what's not workable. But having them written down helps you as you're talking through the schedules. The other thing it does is it frames what really goes on. It's very easy for people to talk about a 50-50 parenting schedule or a schedule where there's a lot of transitions for the children during the weekday because they're not thinking about kids don't get picked up on Mondays until 5.30 and then on Tuesday and Wednesday we have this activity or this therapy. Nobody's thinking about these things. You have to though. So being prepared is really important as a part of the negotiation. Do not negotiate in a vacuum. And that's where people find themselves making a mistake and then what happens? They agree to a schedule that's not sustainable. They agree to a program that isn't going to work because they didn't do their homework. They didn't come prepared to address all of the components. The same thing is true for making sure that you have important dates listed out. Important dates can be anything from birthdays of parents to um, special celebrations. So not just holidays, but maybe your family does an annual family reunion. Maybe there is an upcoming wedding or baptism that everybody is aware of. Maybe your soon-to-be ex or your co-parent isn't aware of your cousin's wedding that you'd like to take the children to. Be ready with those important dates so that you can discuss and negotiate when you start talking about vacation schedules, holiday schedules, and even, again, the logistics of kind of the day-to-day. Being prepared is key to negotiating parenting matters. What's I think really difficult, despite how prepared you are and having your list pulled together and having all the options for consideration, is being in denial. And so I want to talk about the reality that change is happening, but it will be okay. I see time and time again where women in particular struggle with the reality that they no longer will have complete control over the children's schedules, that 
every holiday isn't going to necessarily go to you. Unless you have a co-parent who just throws up their hands and says, I never want Labor Day, Memorial Day, Thanksgiving, Christmas, spring break. I find that to be alarming, one, because that impacts the relationship between the children and that other parent. But more importantly, that's not usually the reality. So prepare yourself that change is happening. But there are a couple of things to remember. First, remember that your standing as a mother will not change because of the parenting schedule. Let me say that again. Your standing as a mother will not change because of a change in schedule. Whether you have the children three days a week or five days a week, your relationship with them hinges on the quality of the relationship and not the quantity of the day-to-day. I know many families who struggle with interpersonal relationships amongst themselves, and they all live in the same household five, seven days a week. On the flip side, I know families who live in two separate households, the children go back and forth, and the parents are extremely close to the children. So I say to you, it's not about the quantity, it really is about the quality and also the relationship that you have before, during, and the one that you want to have after the divorce process with your children. So keep that in mind. Things are changing, but who you are in their eyes as their mother is not changing, even though the schedule may change. The other thing to keep in mind, and as a reminder, give yourself and your children some credit. Give yourself credit. You've raised good, honest children. That doesn't change because they're at the other parent's house a couple of days a week. Give them some credit for listening to you, seeing the behaviors that you modeled and that you have encouraged, knowing that their love for you is stronger than always just being in your physical space and presence. So be mindful and take heed in all the work that you have done in getting them to this place. If you are concerned about, you know, them being at a vulnerable stage and a vulnerable age, okay, then get additional supports. Now might be the opportunity to negotiate making sure that the children are in with a good therapist. Maybe now's the time to negotiate family therapy or parent-child therapy to further get supports for the relationship. So if you are concerned about the impact of going from one household to two households or not being with the children on certain holidays, now is the opportunity to get yourself some additional support, but them as well so that you can strengthen the relationship um, going forward. That's really important, but give them some credit and give yourself some credit for all the great work that you have done thus far 
and using that as the foundation in knowing that it's going to be okay because you've done well by them and they are going to in turn do well by you. Here's the reality. The more that you resist the idea that things are changing, the harder it is on everybody. Don't believe me? Ask your therapist, ask your divorce attorney, ask your divorce coach, ask your girlfriend who's been divorced. The more you resist change, the more that you lock in to, I have to have every holiday, I have to have every weekend, I have to have every overnight, the harder this process will be for everybody. And I will tell you, the reality is you won't get everything without it being a scorched earth approach. That's the unfortunate reality of high conflict divorces. When everybody locks in and decides we are resisting change, we are not open to anything that is uh, not workable for me, now we're in high conflict, now we're in court, now we are out of control, and by out of control meaning We've lost all control over the outcome. We've lost all control of how this path and this process will go. But more importantly, we've lost control over the impact that it will actually have on our relationship with our children going forward. If you are a child of divorce, think about your experience seeing or going through your parents' divorce and ask yourself, do I want that same experience? If you are not a child of divorce, then in turn, ask yourself, do I want my divorce to impact my children such that they will find themselves in therapy or in unhealthy relationships in the future because of behaviors that I'm modeling right now? It's a really tough thing to look at the man in the mirror, but I want you to do it and really recognize that the more we resist this change, the more that we draw a line in the sand about having them all of the time, having control over every decision, the harder this process will be, not just on you, but on them as well. So please be mindful of that as you think about negotiating parenting matters. Last but not least, let's talk about timing and how important timing is to negotiating parenting matters. Do not wait until the last minute. It's too stressful on everybody. What do I mean by that? Christmas comes the same type of time of year. Thanksgiving is always in November. You know when the children's spring break is because you have their calendar well in advance. Don't wait until days before or the week before and then think, oh, well, it'll just, you know, either be agreed to or I will just take it over because that's what I've always done. My other parent, my co-parent didn't care. They will now. 
Do not wait until the 11th hour to try to negotiate parenting matters. That only causes stress and frustration for everybody. The best time to negotiate parenting matters is when you're thinking about getting divorced. I cannot stress that strongly. If you are thinking about getting a divorce, now is the time to start thinking about, okay, what could a regular parenting schedule look like? What's workable and not workable about holidays? Don't put your head in the sand about these things. Start having those conversations. And if the two of you have now decided, yes, we are going down the path of divorce, sooner rather than later, start having the conversations about what will it look like when we go from one household to two households. Now, I recognize that many families live together during the divorce process, but that gives you the opportunity to start transitioning. So what I recommend to a lot of my mediation and divorce coaching clients is to start practicing. If you're thinking about doing a week on, week off schedule, if you're thinking about doing a 225 schedule, if you're thinking about, you know, doing a schedule where we see the children daily, I pick up, you drop off, whatever it is, go ahead now and start assigning those days and those times. So what does that look like when we're all in the house? Well, it looks like, okay, I'm the parent who's responsible for, say, Monday and Tuesday. Okay, great. I will pick up after school. I will get dinner ready. I will get them to their activities. The other parent is not on deck. Even if they are in the house, on the couch, watching TV, Monday is my night to run the household as it relates to myself and the children. It's important to frame it that way because when you are actually in two different households, that's the reality. The reality is you are man on deck. So now is a great time to start training yourself, but also training the children and the co-parent of what this actually feels like, looks like. And then you'll start to see, oh, wait, This is a little bit challenging for me to pick up two of the children from over here and we have one that's gonna be over here. So as we negotiate a parenting schedule, the reality of it is we are going to have to divide and conquer at least a couple of days a week. How does that look for us? You'll start to find those hiccups, those gaps. Maybe it makes sense to start saying, hey, we should look at hiring a nanny or a babysitter. Maybe we need to start enrolling the children in extended day or before care so that they start to get comfortable. Start doing those things now that are going to then help as a part of the transition later. I know you might be thinking, we've never had to use extended day before. Well, you might now. This is the reality of change. But You don't know until you start really practicing it. So get in the habit now while you're all in the same house together of figuring out what the logistics really look like if I'm man on deck on certain days of the week. 
That way you can start identifying what help you do or don't need. That way you can start having a conversation with your employer about two days a week or three days a week, I need to leave right at 4.30 or I need to come in at nine, I can stay until five or six. You can start to have those conversations now so that when your actual order is entered and you move into two different households, it's now a well-oiled machine. But timing is important. Do not wait until the last minute. Dates do matter. Again, when we're thinking about timing, dates are important. This is a part of our preparation. Having our dates listed out, referencing the children's school calendar, making sure we know here are the professional development days, the no school days, the admin holidays. It's a wonder that children are ever in school. But if you are in a situation where both of you work, the reality of it now is somebody's going to have to take off or we need a babysitter or we need a camp. We have to start thinking about those things. So when you're negotiating your parenting schedule, again, having dates written down, knowing these things require additional childcare coverage or family member to come and help us out, have those things ready and set to go because that's going to help you in your overall negotiating. This can be challenging, but it doesn't have to be. You can do this if you remember. We're going to start out by listing out our concerns regarding parenting, and that's going to help populate our list of action steps to then build a proposal from our options for consideration. With our options for consideration, we're going to identify, here's what's workable about this, here's what's not workable about this. Remember to think about it, not just from your perspective, but from the other parent's perspective as well. That's how you're really gonna move the needle in finding something that works for everybody. I cannot express how important it is for you to be prepared when you decide you're ready to negotiate. Prepared means having every calendar, having the dates, having access to the information regarding teachers, healthcare providers, therapists, childcare providers, having all of those things listed out, organized at the ready, so that when you are negotiating, you don't overlook things, you don't forget things, and more importantly, you're not scrambling to try to find the information. It also means being prepared to discuss logistics. Here's the children's schedules. Here's my work schedule. Here's where we need to be on Wednesdays and Thursdays, which is different from where we need to be on Tuesday and Sunday. Making sure that we discuss the logistics during our negotiation of parenting matters. Being open to change, recognizing that change is happening but also getting the support that we need for ourselves and our children at those times where we may be struggling to really settle into. This is new. 
we are going in a different direction and this is what is going to help us get there. Get the support that you need, whether that's an individual therapist or a therapist for your child or family therapy. Um, those supports can really be beneficial to everybody to help transition from where things were to where they're going and being open to change. And then of course, timing, being on top of negotiating during a time that makes the most sense, but during a time where you're not under this pressure cooker. So we're not going to negotiate Christmas parenting time on December 21st. It's too stressful. It's upsetting. And that's how we end up in court and a judge just throwing out something that nobody likes. Take the time now, get yourself prepared and organized so that you have plenty of time to thoughtfully negotiate your parenting matters, whether that's schedules or decision-making, vacation travel, or getting a passport, whatever it is, timing is really important. So the best way to negotiate parenting matters, these are things that go into having a good and solid parenting plan and parenting agreement. Negotiating is difficult but if you put these steps in place, I can tell you that they work. And I've seen very litigious families do well after implementing the strategies that I've discussed with you today. And so I challenge you to do the same and see, even if you're in the midst of a very challenging parenting matter, try to go back and implement some of these strategies and see how it may make a difference in your process. As always, sharing is caring. And so please share this episode and our other episodes with your network, with your colleagues, with your family and your friends, because you don't know who may need the support. And we want to make sure that anybody who needs it is educated and empowered to help them through the process. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Grown Girl Divorce Podcast. Remember, though you may be going through a difficult time, you're grown and you got this. Please be sure to tell your girlfriends about us. Follow us on Instagram at Grown Girl Divorce and subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss out on any new conversations. The conversations on this podcast are for informational purposes only and are not intended to substitute working directly with a lawyer. These episodes are not to be used as a basis to support or defend any legal action and transcripts or recordings of the podcast may not be used for any purpose without the direct written permission of the podcast owner.